Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver after um, almost a week on the road with you, sister from another Mother Runner, right? <laughs> yes, yes, where I'm very proud that I kept you up until almost 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm still paying that price. Like last night, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so tired. So it's, it's Wednesday. We were in the Midwest. We had a party in um, Cleveland on Tuesday last week, mm-hmm. a party in Columbus on Wednesday, Buffalo Grove outside of Chicago on Thursday, and then we were at the Zuma Race Expo on Friday and Saturday. I mean, that's that's a pretty epic trip for us mother runners. It was, yeah. And we yeah, drove uh, all the way. So uh, road tripping. And then um, I, do, I just, I still love when you, the, you staying up so late. And we, so we came back from the Buffalo Grove party, which we always are on kind of a high after the parties. And um, you. Uh, and it's co- late. I mean, it's, the parties really end at like 930. And then we've got to pick up and kind of clean up loose ends and stuff. So we're usually not out of there until like 1030, which regular regular listeners will know is way past my bedtime to begin yeah. with. Yeah. And so then we had to um, drive about 30 minutes or you drove, I, I uh, co-piloted uh, to get into our hotel in Chicago. So that was a little, um, gave, didn't calm us down too much. And so then when we got to the hotel and, and you turned on the TV and you found an episode of Project Runway, which uh, careful listeners will also know is a show you adore and I had never seen before. And so you're like, oh, this one's a, you know, I've already seen this one, but it's almost over and there's a whole new one coming on. So we'll watch that. And I'm thinking, okay, it's about 1115 right now, but that's okay. Like she says, <laughs> we're going to watch another episode. <laughs> and, uh, so then we're watching, we're talking about it. You know, there's the whole, um, the, the drama involved with it. And then you look at the clock and you go, is it really 122? Why'd you keep me up so late? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the first time I've seen a one, you know, AM just without a random wake up. And I don't even know how long, I don't even know how long, but it is funny because you kept asking questions. Now that you say that you kept like, what's his story? What's their deal? Well, and I'm like, and I, I was so tired. I'm like, Sarah, I, I've used all my words. I didn't even say that. I just didn't even answer. I'm just like, just watch, just watch. It'll come out. You know, but you're, you definitely like to know like the full background. And I'm like, and if I talk right now, it's not like I can pause it. And I really got to hear what's going on. So, um, so anyway, so I come home and, and we got home. We had a great trip. Thank you to all the mother runners we met and all of our great hosts. And, um, we just, just lovely, lovely trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and the, the thing that is hard about um, pretty much any trip that you don't go on with children is that you come back and you have to hit the ground running, right? There's no like, oh, I'm going to take a day and do my laundry and, you know, kind of catch up on my bills and then, and you know, fill my fridge and then, and then I'll have, and then I'll be ready to jump back into society, right? It's mm-hmm. like, no, you go. So I went up to my mom's house up in the mountains to pick up my kids first thing Sunday morning, you know, was there up in the mountains. I mean, it was a lovely thing. I wasn't doing household chores, but like long story short, um, I just haven't had a chance to do much for myself, um, since about Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and my back has just been killing me, you know, you know, holding myself into the airplane seats and hauling bags around and just, you know, generally, you know, being cramped and not going to Pilates. I mean, I haven't been to Pilates and 
almost three weeks, which is a very oh, long boy. time for me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so this morning I had a choice. My kids are, um, it's funny cause I just listened to a podcast, one of our podcasts about a water park and they're back at the water park. I promise that they don't go to water parks very often, but they're at a very kind of a community one, a very, you know, low scale, not big, huge one with some neighbor friends. And, um, and I haven't had a chance to work at all. And I mean, my email box is overflowing. I feel like I've, you know, as you know, I mean, there's, I just have a lot I could be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my choice before this podcast was to go to Pilates or work for an hour, an hour and a half because with the commute. And, uh, and I was like, I should really work. I should really work. I should really work. But then I was like, my back hurts. And it's not like, you know, I'm hobbled, but it definitely hurts. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it is going to bug me. And it is going to bug me and it's going to bug me. And my next chance to go really isn't until Monday of next week. Oh, yeah. um, so that's like another, you know, five days. And so I made a very mother runner choice. I finally followed my own advice. And I was like, I am going to take care of myself. Like the work will always be there. But if I don't get into a better place with my body right now, I'm just going to be just a bitch to my kids, you know, like, because, it, you know, it's one of those things. Like I was talking to somebody about, I don't know, it was someone on the road I was talking about the pain. And it's like, you know, that little nagging pain is like almost worse than a broken bone, you know, Mm -hmm. like that little muscular pain that just never goes away. And you feel it when you bend over to brush your teeth and when you reach down to get the carrots out of the fridge or whatever it is, you know, but it's like, it's always there. And it just really, I mean, you probably had it with plantar fasciitis, right? Like, Yeah. Please tell me. So you did go to Pilates, right? I, 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 Pilates, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't wait to, you needed to end the suspense because as you're telling this, I'm like, oh God, please let her have chosen going to Pilates. Please, please, please <laughs> let her have chosen that. So. I'm just going to break down in tears in a little bit because I just feel so awful and I haven't, no, but I mean, yeah, no, I went, I went. And the funny thing is like, literally, you know, we did this first thing of just like standing, like, you know, we were stretching out our calves and standing on this arch thing not even like addressing my back, but Mm -hmm. just, I could just feel the tension going because it's an hour where I just focus in and think about how I am aligned and where, how my body connects to one, all the pieces connect to each other and how I need to stand. And it's so, it's, it's so frustrating because it's so simple, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, I don't do it unless someone else tells me and I pay for it, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, just kind of ludicrous when you look at it on paper, but you know, that's kind of how it works. So, right. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Well, yeah. I'm glad you got your Pilates in. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. But wait, what was the, the plantar fasciitis? I mean, you you never had that feeling where you just kind of have this low. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. oh, the reason I really brushed off your question was because it's really, it's almost too painful to relive that thinking. Like just, and I sometimes think, oh, if I think about it too much, it's going to come back. And, oh. and yeah, so, so it's the, it's the pain that shall not be named, but I mean, same thing I, that I, you know, when my knee was bothering me earlier this year, or, um, the, I sometimes have kind of Achilles things and it's just like, oh, really? I just want to wake up and just not feel like there's a red blinking light on some part of my body. Yeah. And, yeah. um, knock on wood last night while I was brushing my teeth, I was like, oh, like kind of did That's a little, really- little body scan. I was like, oh. Nothing hurts. Not, right now, bingo, we need to circle this day. Nothing hurts. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I think maybe people who might be a little bit more evolved than I could can maybe, you know, kind of put their pain in one jar and, and deal with their family in another jar and work in another. But for me, it's just one big, one big Tupperware bowl full of all my, <laughs> all my emotions and my to-do list and my body and all that. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, no, 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 no. So, um, and tomorrow's an exciting day for you because school starts again. Oh. I know you've been looking forward to it. 
Yes, but it's so funny because it all relates. So I'm in Pilates class. My instructor um, has older kids. I think they must be like middle high school age. And she was asking about Iron Man and, and if I was, you know, if I feel like I have more time now. And I was like, to be honest with you, no, not this summer. I said, uh, I said, I think once they get back in school, I'll feel, you know, like, yes, I finally, I'll find these like pockets of time that I used to be training. But, you know, right now it's just, it's just hard to find everything kind of globs together just, you know, in the summertime. And, uh, and I was like, and just, and I just like gave a big deep sigh and I guess, and school starts tomorrow. She goes, amazing, right? Is that just not the most amazing feeling? <laughs> and then we got on kind of this riff about how, you know, moms who don't admit that they like school are, you know, deceiving themselves, which I don't know if that's true or not. There are some moms who definitely love the summertime. Oh, I am one of them, Dimity. Can I come out of the closet? I oh, love, really? love the summer. I am dreading school starting again. The pa- oh. the papers, the deadlines, the juggling of things. I love summer so much. I just oh my adore gosh, it. That is so funny. I don't, I, I'm not, it's not like I'm looking forward to the juggling and the papers and homework and stuff. It's more like I'm looking forward to my children getting up, being out of the house from 7.50 to 3.30 at a place where I know that they are growing and thriving and learning and maturing. That's what I look forward to. Oh, oh la, la, la. La, la, la. You know, I want mature, thriving kids. But, you know, I, I, so it's just, it's more that, you know, I mean, I've told you this a bazillion times, but I mean, working from home is both a blessing and a curse because, you know, this summer, I hired a woman, um, a great college student who worked for me three days a week. Mm -hmm. So those three days, I didn't feel like I could be home in my little basement office because Mm -hmm. I didn't want her to think I was over, you know, listening to her or, you know, I didn't want my kids are old enough now. They won't bug me so much more. But, you know, it's just one of those things like I want to respect her space, you know, so that means that I'm working at my husband's office, you know, which so that I'm in his space or I go to Starbucks or I go to the library and it's just like there's nothing central about, you know, I don't have those neat jars (laughs) like I want in so many areas of my life. So, I mean, so the summer is hard for me to just to to work in general. And so that's, I mean, that's why a little bit why I just like the idea that I can be home doing my freelance life and they can be in school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I will stop ranting now. Okay. <laughs> Cuz I think this is a t- we could just talk the entire podcast about this. So Oh, we could. I could go on and on and on, but yes. Yeah. Uh, we will let it rest there because we have a special guest today. We have Lauren Fleshman who is a really top runner. She holds two U.S. championship titles in the 5,000-meter events, and uh, she got those in 2006 and 2010, and she was um, seventh in the world in the 5,000 meters in 2011. And then that same year, she was having a a banner 2011. She uh, ran her first marathon, the New York City Marathon, in a time of 2.37. She did a good buy one, get one, huh, in 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, um, main reason we're having her on today is because she is a new mom. So um, she just had her first baby a couple months ago. Jude, Jude the dude, right? Is, yeah. that, is that the, the name for him? Yes. When we met him, uh, we ran into Lauren at uh, Outdoor re- Retailer Trade Show, which we were at two weeks ago. And, and I was like, oh, remind me of your baby's name. She's like, this is Jude. We call him Jude the dude. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. And so she's not only a new mom, but she's also um, 110% playmaker. Um, if you remember, 110% is the compression wear that Sarah and I can talk about for hours. Um, like we can talk about our kids and our schools and our schedules and everything. So here she is. Thanks for joining us, Lauren. We're pleased to have you on. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Cool. So remind us how old your little fellow is. Oh, he's uh, nine weeks now. Oh. So he's just starting to smile and, uh, you know, 
interact a little bit more, coo and all that good stuff. Oh, very fun. Very fun. No, no wonder you said before we got on here that he isn't sleeping much. I, I <laughs> forgot how young he is. Yeah, he's still pretty tiny. He's, uh, he's real long and skinny and just He's starting to really crack me up, but the world is all too interesting to him right now. So he just can't seem to settle down for naps or sleep. I just <laughs> we can that. hear him in the background. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, he's Dude, going crazy go. up there with dad. I don't know what is going on. <laughs> That's the worst, right? And you're just like, okay, I'm, not, I'm just going to let it be. I'm just going to let it be. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so, how is your life? I mean, I, I think it's so, I think that first kid is such an adjustment, right? From you know, being like, oh, I've got my own schedule and I get to run when I want and whatever. And then all of a sudden you've got this thing and it's not just a dog that needs to be, you know, let out a couple times a day and fed, right? It's a big, oh, huge gosh. life. Yeah. It's amazing how helpless they are, honestly. And like the first few weeks, it was just all adrenaline, right? And I could have cared yeah. less about my own running really. I mean, I, I was really anxious to get going on my own stuff and training right before he was born, uh, just because, you know, you're sick of being pregnant. But then- <laughs> When he showed up, I just fell completely in love and was fascinated. And the days were just going by in this blur of exhaustion and um, and pleasure and just family and friends. And I couldn't even believe how quickly the time flew. But yeah, it's, uh, and then once all that kind of wore off, it's like, wow, how am I going to get out for my runs? How am I going to get things done, write my articles, travel? It's just you cannot prepare for it. You really can't. People told no. me that, but now I get it. Like you just can't until they're there. <laughs> no, I, I liken it to, uh, to like, you know, you go on a college visit, but until you're, you know, in the depths of your freshman year, then you're like, oh, this is what it's really like, you know? And it's like, you can talk and talk and talk about being pregnant and balance and life and work and all that stuff. But until you're kind of in the throes of it, it's like, oh yeah, now I know why she was in tears that day or, you know, why, you know, four hours of sleep is so completely just, you know, devastating and all that stuff. Yeah, it is. It's different. And like, you know, never in my life have I experienced this level of tiredness, even in the most intense training blocks, even training for New York marathon, even how I felt after the New York marathon. And even pulling all-nighters in college, I mean, I was one of those procrastinators that always went to the last minute to do stuff. So I would experience that complete exhaustion now and then, but you could always just binge sleep and make up for it. And this is <laughs> totally different. <laughs> yeah, I, I always realized, made me realize how 24 hours the clock is when you have a, a young baby. It's like, oh, like there's not like a little break after this. Like it just... We're, we've gotten through this day of 24 hours and now a whole nother one starting all over again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, and those, and those early morning, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your running in a second, but let's just, let's just bitch for a while and or we'll reminisce and you can bitch. Um, but, uh, but, um, God, I mean, I just remember sometimes, you know, like Ben especially would wake up at like three thirty or four and just be up, you know, it wasn't like I'm up to, to nurse and then I'm going back to sleep. It's like, no, we're up for the day, you know, and oh. like. I am starting the day at 4 a.m. Like, so help me. I am just going to lose my mind, you know? Oh, it, it, my gosh. I don't know if that just, like, if that's going to change so far. He's been pretty good about knowing when night is night and day is day. Like, he'll go back to sleep pretty quickly. But everyone also tells me that just when you think you've got him figured out, they change. He wakes oh. up about 6.30 and decides that it's time for the day, which for me is probably equivalent to your 4 a.m. Because I usually get up at like 9. Oh, so shit. I wake up at 6.30 now. I'm like, what is that ball of fire coming in over the mountain? You know? 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, I used to remember uh, Trader Joe's didn't open until nine when I had uh, when Phoebe was a baby. I thought nine. Why did they wait until the middle of the day to open? <laughs> I know. I just had a moment like that yesterday. I went to go run with uh, my mountain buggy and take him with me, and I noticed the tire was flat. I was like, "Oh crap! What am I gonna do?" I'm like, "I'll just go to Hutch's Bikes and like get him to fix the tire." And I show up in the same thing. And so they open at nine. I'm like nine. <laughs> need to take care of their bikes. <laughs> Not a civil hour. Oh my gosh. Well, so so what did your running and training like kind of look like, you know, with in, in quotation marks during pregnancy, Laura? I mean, did you run through the whole thing? Did you what'd you do? You know, I I wasn't I didn't really have um a plan or huge expectations. You know, I, I know a lot of my peers and friends, pro athlete or not, that love running, they have a goal. Like I want to run through the whole thing. I feel like I was pretty flexible going into it. I want to run as long as it feels halfway decent and I'm having fun. Um, and I don't feel like I'm doing anything weird to my body. And so for me, that meant I made it to about 32 weeks, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty far. I felt good about it. And I was running, you know, kind of got like fewer and fewer runs per week as it went on. And I had good weeks and bad weeks. I had weeks where my back was a little more sore and I ran two days that week. And then I had weeks where I felt great. And I ran five days that week, but, um, I never really, I wouldn't say my running resembled my pro athlete schedule in any way, shape or form. (laughs) It was more just out there moving my legs, seeing the trails at a different speed than I'm used to. And I really enjoyed it. I, I was very burnt out on professional racing and, and training, um, going into pregnancy. And, so I think that helped me make the adjustment easily. It just pregnancy almost helped me fall in love with running again, mm-hmm. uh, taking it slower and taking the pressure off and just enjoying it for what it is um, in its purest form. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was great. And and then by the time those eight weeks of not running were over and Jude was born, I felt totally renewed. I felt the competitive juices flowing again. I just wanted to get out there and work my butt off and run up a hill so fast I could throw up. And I still haven't been able to. <laughs> are, you, are you doing that with the mountain buggy? <laughs> well, I, what, I throw up sooner on the hill with the mountain buggy yeah. than with those things are, you know, they're great, but man, they still add some good resistance. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's how we always like. We have a lot of questions about running with a stroller, and I'm like, it's kind of like training. You know, if you're a swimmer with like a second feed suit, you know, you put a second suit on and then you take it off for the race, and you feel like a rock star, right? You, you get rid of the stroller, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can run a minute faster, and it's a lot easier, you know? Yeah, it's almost like stroller running is this natural like helper to helping you get in pre-pregnancy shape faster you know it's like like every part of pregnancy seems to have this other reason why it's there you know how it takes almost 10 months you have a chance to get used to the idea of having a kid or you know all those little things sort of make sense in retrospect and jogger uh stroller running is just another one of those things now I'm like oh I'm definitely going to get in shape sooner this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the pro cyclists have their EPO, and we have our have our strollers, right? <laughs> um, so, Lauren, what surprised you most about mixing exercise and pregnancy? Um, I think it was just how terrible it could feel. Early. <laughs> I thought it wouldn't start feeling bad until I was significantly heavier or had this 
physical mass in front of me that threw off my biomechanics. But it felt bad from almost the moment that pee stick turned pink, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't run at all. I, I, it was too hard for me. But yeah, I totally know what you're saying. Your whole body, it seems like it just does a 180, right? And your lungs don't work as well. I mean, I guess maybe everybody's different. I'm sure there's people that feel great running pregnant, but I was not one of those people. So that took me by surprise. And I was like, wow, I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do this. And luckily it came and went in these waves. And I just, I readjusted to a new normal. Like this is pregnancy running. This isn't running. It's a, it's a different thing. And, um, just like, I don't know what surprised me was pregnancy swimming is actually more pleasurable than regular swimming. (laughs) (laughs) You got your built in floaty around your waist already, right? Yeah. You get to lay on, you know, stomach down, Mm -hmm. which you just do when you're pregnant after, you know, three or four months. So, um, I realized how much I loved being on my stomach and swimming was the only opportunity for that. And so I really enjoyed that, but yeah, running was just, you know, running was its own thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and so talk to us a little bit about your first run back. I mean, what what did you do and, and how did it feel? Well, it was pretty rough. <laughs> uh, I definitely peed my pants, first of all. <laughs> Which was like, wow, how did that happen? I pretty much could have sworn I just went to the bathroom before I left. That was something that people don't talk about. No one mentioned that to me as a potential side effect from giving birth. Um And so I was kind of taken off guard and like, what's wrong with me? And then, you know, Google helped me realize that that was pretty normal and started doing some exercises to help with that. So it was, I guess it was just kind of shocking. I didn't feel great. I did feel light, but, Uh um, but I felt like I I had no control over my body really. Sure. And, and people, I'm, people are going to want to know, I mean, how, how far out um, did you go after Jude was born? I mean, when was your first run after he was born? I ran about almost four weeks, like three and a half weeks after he was born. I went for a three and a half mile run with um, Sally Bergeson, the CEO of Wazell. She was in town and I don't know, I'd been thinking about waiting until four weeks, but she was there. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. Bark boxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let Barkbox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com. Dot com slash AMR. That's barkbox.com slash AMR. Woof. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. 
The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a story worth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com AMR. And I felt excited and we just went for it. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice to have kind of a, a nice mark, a sort of celebrate aspect to it that like oh look special occasion get to run with Sally definitely and especially I was especially symbolic because Sally took a real risk on me when she signed me as an athlete um there's no precedent in the professional sports world for an athletic company to sign a pregnant person mm-hmm. and say hey we know you're not going to be competing for us and putting good times on the board for nine months to well more like a year year and a half but we're going to support you we're going to pay you, we're going to give you benefits and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just unheard of. And Sally did that for me. And, um, and so, you know, I felt like this pregnancy it was like Wazelle was pregnant too. <laughs> <He> went, <laughs> nice. nice. That's awesome. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. That support. Yeah. Dude, but also awaiting kind of the, the payoff from the sense of like, we want to have the comeback with you. We want to, we want to go on that journey with you. And so I got to take that first step with Sally and that was really special. Nice. Nice. And what, what is your comeback plan? I mean, what are your race plans? What are you, you know, what are you eyeing in the future? Yeah. Well, um, my long-term goal is to run competitively, um, on a high level through 2016, maybe 2017, and then reevaluate from there. Um, so one more Olympic cycle, basically. But I'm also trying to be really flexible with what the specifics look like between now and then, because I want to be able to be really present with Jude and experience being a mom and, um, you know, not rush things too much and uh, kind of let things happen in their natural time. And I know that there's a lot of risk of injuring your back, pelvic areas, rushing into things. I just have no interest in being injured. I've done that enough in my career. So I'm willing to kind of run some slower races and eat some humble pie for a year (laughs) in order to have my long-term goals set up properly. So um, my first race on the schedule is Club Cross Country Nationals, which are held in Bend, Oregon, which is where I live. So Mm -hmm. that's a work. And it'll be my first race in a Wazelle jersey. I'll be racing on a team. Um for the first time since college, like a, an actual club team. That's really exciting to me too. And it's a low pressure environment. Uh, and you know, it's a home course. So there's a lot of things about it that are exciting and it gives me a little something to shoot for and train for that isn't too aggressive. And then after that, I'm not sure, you know, I mean, there's a lot of options in the spring and summer. There's some exciting road races and trail races and, and a big part of me wants to, spend this year exploring races and events that make running as a sport fun for everyday people. Like I don't need to rush back into the professional scene right now. I I really could just go and do races that everybody out there is doing and loving and see what it's all about. And so that's one of the things I'm considering doing is kind of putting some feelers out there on social media and to my fans and ask them, what races do you like to do? What do you think defines our sport right now? And are the best representatives of our sport? And then trying to get out there and do some of those myself. Have, have any come up that, that have piqued your interest so far? You know, I don't know. It's, 
I, I haven't really settled on anything. It's just, I'm still in like that really early data gathering phase. Um, do you have any recommendations? <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, well, we, we found, I mean, if you want to experience, um, although you wouldn't experience it because you'd be off the front of the pack, but I mean, women's only races have, have I think, a very special place in our sport um, just because for a lot of, you know, for a lot of people, they get into running after having a kid or, you know, kind of coming into their 30s and realizing, hey, maybe I could still have time to be an athlete, you know, and so they kind of, they, they pick it up much later in life than, than you did or, or even Sarah or I did. And so um, it's just a very different vibe. You know, it's very much like we virtually push or we all pushing each other across the finish line. You know, yeah. it's a lot. It's really supportive. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's not necessarily most the, the most competitive thing going. But um, but, you know, there's every other race, you know, does that. So um, so it's just a nice, you know, I like that a lot. I, I watched the um, I, Happy I Girls. We were at Happy exactly. Girls. That's where we, that's where um, Lauren and I met. Was it uh, Happy Girls out in Bend? So, yeah, which is a and women's race. Really cool to see. It was, it was that was my first um, my first exposure to a women's only race other than a Nike women's half mm -hmm. in San Francisco, um, and I really loved it. I was there, you know, on an expo side of things. I had a picky bars booth and was sampling to a lot of the runners and got to kind of ask them about their running and see what their goals were and. And there was just such a positive energy at that event. I mean, the expo site was set up really well, good mm -hmm. flow, good community. I loved how the start line had like the dancing and excitement. Yeah, right. yeah. It was cool. Like, man, I could see myself doing this, especially like as a through, through my life, you know, like sure. as I yeah. get older and all that stuff. And, and doing an event like that would be super fun this year. And I love, I mean, you talked about it when you were talking about running with pregnancy and, and also now, I mean, um, and I, and I want to have two questions. I mean, the fun part of running, it has to be fun. And that's, that's what I think is, um, sometimes lost on, on people because we can get so hung up on the numbers and going a certain pace and, you know, and it becomes more of a stress than a stress relief. And I think that that's, I mean, especially for people that listen to this podcast, we aren't, you know, trying to make our living as runners, believe it or not. So, um, <laughs> So, so, so kind of keeping it fun, I think is really important. And then I also want you to talk a little bit about the whole like way that you tie, you know, I feel like your mental attitude is so great and so um, important and you've come back through injuries so many times. And I, you know, I have your believe I am journal and I think it's, you know, so lovely and important to set goals and really sit down and, and think of, you know, really spend some time um, going, going in and feeling about what you want to do and what feels good to you. And so, I mean, can you just talk about, I guess, your overall perspective as far as like running and enjoyment goes? Definitely. I think that if you watch the Olympics, the world championships, um, in any sport, you'll see more people, like the people that win and do really well are relaxed for the most part. Like eight out of 10 times, they're cracking a smile or they have like a real peacefulness about them. And that goes against this this conception people have that you need to be really intense if you're going to do well. And it's really not true. You need to be relaxed and enjoying yourself and peaceful in that moment and, and feel like this is something that you love um, to get the most out of yourself. So that is my overarching philosophy is don't bother doing it unless you enjoy it. And that doesn't mean every moment's going to be fun. It's not. But you have to be an active participant in the mental side of your sport and you have to, when it's not fun, you have to take charge and, and spend some time thinking about that and go back to the reasons why you do it and, 
And that's why I having a journal like the Believe I Am journal is helpful because you have all those things written down. You've been prompted to kind of do go through some mental exercises and find out what you really care about, why you're doing it in the first place. Um, you're given ways to analyze each performance and encouraged to think about what was good about everything that you've done. You, there's, you can always take a positive out of every race, even the ones that where you hit the wall or you come up way short of your PR. And if you don't take those moments to think about the things you did well, um, it, you're just you're never going to really reach your potential and reach your maximum enjoyment level in the sport. So I think a lot of people are surprised to hear a professional athlete say those things because we do come across as very intense. And it seems like that's like a a more recreational attitude or something, but it's really not. It's consistent from beginners all the way to the gold medalists on the highest stage. And, uh, and that that's something to aspire towards. So sort of not to bring up, um, maybe a painful subject, no pun intended, but, but you've, you broke your foot and missed the Olympics, not once, but twice. Um, but then yes. both times you came back and you garnered bigger and better accomplishments. Like you became the USA champ in the 5,000 meters and you climbed to seventh in the world in that distance. So, I mean, kind of what keeps you coming back both and keeps you going both physically and mentally? I think that the thing that has helped me continue to come back and get up after being knocked down is um, taking control over what my definition of success is and throwing out the window what somebody else's view of successes. And, um, you know, people have to do this in their own jobs all the time and running is no different in my job. The easiest way to quantify success is have you been to the Olympics and have you won an Olympic medal? Mm -hmm. Well, the Olympics is once every four years and only three people in the whole world win a medal every four years. And if you're going to define your success on that, then you have like a 99.999% chance of being disappointed. So (laughs) you can't, you just, I mean, for me, I just made the decision and it was very empowering. I'm going to define what I think is success in the sport. And I, you know, I did miss the Olympics. I've tried out, I guess, in 2000, 2004, 2008 and 2012. And I haven't made a team yet, but I've made five or six world championship teams and won U.S. titles. And I've done great things in the in-between years. And you don't always get to pick your greatest, the moments of your greatest successes, but you can always, you are in control of being open to success happening at any time. And uh, it might not be when you want it, but it will come. And then if you're open to it. Um, and so that's, what's allowed me to get seventh in the world. I mean, I, I was having a terrible year. I finished eighth in the national championships and then seventh in the world championships a couple of weeks later. Wow. It, what, you just what, can't, what was the shift? What, what happened? Well, the shift, the thing that happened was I had had an injury leading into nationals and I just wasn't physically prepared. And, um, and so I did the best I could and that was eighth, but it wasn't going to qualify me for the world championships. Usually only top three make the team, but by a series of lucky events, various people dropped the event or they, you know, unlucky for them, but they got hurt or sick or something happened and it ended up that my eighth place finish I kept getting bumped up the ladder until I was selected for the team at the last minute at the last qualifier. And, um, but that whole time I was training hard. I had my, you know, my nose down. I was, I was enjoying myself and trying to get the most out of myself just in case I had an opportunity to show what I was capable of. And then when that opportunity came, like that window of opportunity opened and I was ready to just jump right through it, you know? And, and, and I think that that was just like, That was just such good validation of the way that I have chosen to live my life in the last few years. 
is you have to make a decision to do that. Right. And, and it's sort of like this faith that you put out there that, Oh, well, an opportunity is going to come up at some point if I just have this positive attitude and I, and I don't get sad when things don't work out. And, um, and so that happened and it was great validation. I'm like, man, it's so worth it to just always choose to dwell in positivity and to make the effort to do that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it ended up being the highlight of my career really to this point. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so trickle that down to, um, to like an everyday run. I mean, because, you know, I think, you know, for our listeners and, and many, you know, kind of casual runners, you know, we fight that battle every time, you know, you got to think positive. I mean, for me, even, I mean, I've been a runner for 20 years, every run, it's a battle to say, this is good. I am fine. I can finish this, you know? And, um, just wondering if that comes into your head and if you do like kind of how you push it aside or what you do with those thoughts when you're just training. Yeah. Well, you know, and you guys can relate to this in training. There are days you feel great and days you feel terrible and, and days you feel bleh and the, (laughs) that you feel great are generally few and far between. I mean, how many days do you really get where you're just on a total runner's high? Like your mind is buzzing. You just feel like completely in love with the world. You know, you know, those kinds of runs I'm talking about or just absolutely. Yeah. 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 Live for those moments. And we don't get to choose when those happen as much as we want to. We want it to be on the day we decide to do hill repeats or on the day we do the happy girls half or the day, you know what I mean? Like, want it to be that day, but we don't get to choose. And so I think that's where just your commitment to, to the fact that you love running regardless, you love it for the bad days. You love it for the good days. You love it for the meh days. And you're just going to keep showing up and you're going to keep being open to a great day happening. And you're not going to clutter up your brain with negative stuff so that if the good day wants to happen to you, you got to be receptive and open to it happening. Um, you could very easily prevent that good day from happening by being too caught up in your own garbage, right? So I yeah. think that's what applies to the everyday runner is just if, if you're running because you want to feel good, you're not going to feel good all the time. But if you're running because you want to feel good and feel satisfied and have something to call your own and a time for yourself and just every day go out there and, and be positive and find the positive in it and um, – and that's really that. That's really the best way to enjoy your sport. I guess we have more questions for you, but I just gotta say that was so awesome. I mean, that was just I got tears in my eyes listening to you talk like that. So that's yeah. thank you. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. It's like you got to show up to win. You know. I mean, yeah. you got to show up. You know. And so every day you put yourself out there, and one day a magic day comes. But if you're not out there with your shoes laced up, you're never going to feel that magic. You know. Absolutely. You got to get out the door. So you, you mentioned uh, running New York City. You rocked that marathon, your your debut one in uh, 2011, uh, with a 2:37 finish. So uh, I know you're looking for suggestions from other people, maybe for other races, but do you think there's a 26, another 26.2 mile race in your future? Oh, I would love to do another marathon. I really feel like I didn't conquer that distance. I don't know. Do you ever conquer that distance truly? (laughs) But, um, I finished it definitely, but man, it just about killed me the last six miles. Um, I just had to laugh. You know, when you're ever in, you're in so much pain that you just laugh about it. Like whether it's like <laughs> someone's working on a sore calf or you're getting a massage and someone's in an area, it just hurts so much. You laugh. Yeah. Um, or just when one of those days where everything's going wrong and then you finally just have to like, you know, just, just, just give it up. Yeah. Throw just your to, arm. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> so that was, that was the experience that I had the last few miles of the New York marathon. But, um, 
I would love to give it another shot. I think there's a lot more fast in these legs over 26.2. And I would love to hear what marathons people have enjoyed doing. Um, and, you know, cause I really don't know much about marathoning still. It's, it was a one and done thing in 2011. So yeah. Any of the listeners have any comments? throw them out there for me. Oh yeah. We'll definitely, we'll ask that when, uh, when this podcast airs, we'll have people comment on Facebook as to which one they think is the must do for you. Awesome. Yeah. That's another good line. There's a lot more fast left in these legs. That might be a yeah. t-shirt slogan actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that <laughs> would be look at stretch marks aside. They're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of legs, we know that you are a huge um, fan of 110% as are we, and they are the amazing company, um, the compression plus ice company that um, Sarah and I rave about all the time. And they're the ones that kind of brought you to us, which we're very grateful for. Um, and, uh, and so we know, or I guess Sarah did some research and, and know that you love the 100%, 110%, the, the juggler knickers, which I mean, I, I, li- I just uh, finished an Ironman a couple months ago and I lived in those things. I mean, you know, to the point where it was like, we needed to like, <laughs> we need to just uh, toss that pair out and, and ask for a new pair because, uh, I mean, just, they're so awesome, right? With like the ice that you stick in. I mean, I took naps in them. You can stick ice in your booty. You can stick ice in your quads and your hips and your knees and your calves and your shins. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. There's no, there's definitely no other product like that on the market. And it was clutch for me getting through running through pregnancy. And then even once I stopped running for combating aches and pains, the pouch, like the kangaroo pouch on it that goes front, it gets, lets you get your hip flexors and wraps all the way around the hips to the back. It's, it's like, it's almost like it's made for pregnant people or people postpartum. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, it's been really helpful for me to alleviate soreness and um, preventatively with heat and then also with ice afterwards, you know. Yeah, to, yeah. I saw that, it, that you put heat in the pockets instead of the ice sheets that come with it. So tell us how you work that magic. Like, like what is it that you put in there? Oh, all you have to do is um, microwave the ice packs. It's awesome. Oh. Look at yeah. you, clever girl. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just uh, microwave them and, um, you know, and each microwave is different. So you kind of got to just experiment a little bit. You don't want them to get too hot. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, you just pop them in there and it's great. Like it's especially good for, for lower leg stuff too. If people use the overdrive sock that goes mm-hmm. over the compression sock. Yeah. And a lot of people get plantar and Achilles and, and soleus and shin pain. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't realize that by applying some heat in the 15 minutes before you get out for your run is going to make, you know, make it feel a lot better and, and prevent further tissue damage. So you can actually heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such an easy thing to do with 110% because you don't have to sit on the couch for 15 minutes holding a heat pack to yourself. You mm-hmm. can put the overdrive on, microwave the pads for a minute, throw them in there, and then just go about getting your baby out of bed and into the jogger stroller and right. doing all the other things you need to do that take 15 minutes anyway. <laughs> and then pop, take out the uh, heat packs and the overdrive and just go for a run in your socks and you'll feel a lot better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love that tip. Gosh, yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna like appreciate them more and more as Jude gets older, like changing diapers and emptying the dishwasher and all that stuff. I mean, there is no sitting on the couch anymore. There's no rest for the weary, right? So, no, really so 110% makes it super possible. And I love that you said that the kangaroo pocket, because I, you know, I'm always like, what, what, 
that that's the last, that's the only place I don't need ice is like right over my pelvis, you know, <laughs> but if you were pregnant, then yes, you would need that. So that's so funny. They think of everything. Yeah, I did. I had like a strain at one point on my lower ab, um, that didn't feel very good. And, and that was when I really used the ice and heat there. And you know, it's funny, but, and it's not the intention of 110%, but I've definitely used, the juggler knickers front pouch to put the breast pump tools and like <laughs> in there to help me just store them somewhere while I was walking between the kitchen and the place where I was going to use the pump while holding the baby. It's like ridiculous, but it's really handy. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I stick when I if I race in them. Well, you know, if it's a colder day, like I'll stick my my goose and stuff. Not not breast pump, but like goose or you know keys or a credit card or whatever. I mean. They, they've got a multitude of pockets. You may as well use them, right? Yep. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my gosh. Well, awesome, Lauren. It's been fantastic talking with you. Thanks. Yeah, it's been wonderful talking to you guys, too. I love what yeah. you're doing, and I uh, hope to see you guys out, you know, on the on the roads or at an expo or at a Happy Girls event down, down the line. Exactly. Yeah, uh, we hope so, too. Thanks. Take care, Lauren. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Kiss that babe for us. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> So I'm not kidding, Sarah. I think that's our next T-shirt. Like, despite the stretch marks and, um, you know, saggy knees and <laughs> gray hairs, and scars around the ear and scars around the knees, these legs still have fast in them. These legs still have some fast in them. I don't know. Needs a little editing, but I like the sentiment, right? Yeah. She was fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah. 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 And to be able to compose such great sentences on, you know, on very little sleep that she gets kudos for that as well. So... Um, awesome. Well, and I definitely think we have to pull the audience to see what, what marathon she should do. That'll be fun. Yeah. Or races in general. She wants to, she just wants, mm-hmm. she wants races that us, what is it? Plebes? Us yeah. plebeians, plebeians go to? Plebeians. Yeah. Plebeians. plebeians there, we, there we go. Another word we can look up for the pronunciation of. I don't, I said I didn't know. So I was, I'm leaving that one up to you. Okay. Well, it's not always a contest. It's just. Oh, oh okay. Uh, but yeah. Where the hoi polloi goes, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at you throwing out all those words. So uh, if you want to um, see us throwing out more, even more words, go to our Facebook page, um, Run Like a Mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter, we're at the Mother Runner. Our books are Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, and they're available on amazon.com. And many happy miles to you.